everybody once again to the low-key podcast as always i'm aaron one of your hosts also we have with us keith denny and tim malloy as always every episode uh, and today we're going to be talking about a new horror film that just came out uh called host and it's a really interesting film with a premise that you know we've seen a little bit in some places basically uh what happens when you get a, a group of people together for a dinner and some people are possessed by something that we're not you know aware of is it is it you know aliens is it this is it that and you know there's a mystery behind it and you get to learn some things and then some shocking things happen at the dinner table and then horror hijinks ensue um so beyond this point we're doing full spoilers so uh you've been warned if you want to see this film definitely drop out here but after this we're going full-blown with thoughts spoilers all throughout and our um impressions of the film um so with that out the way tim keith what you guys think i thought this was like when you invite people over for thanksgiving and then you find out they're deeply into QAnon, and you're just like oh man how do we just change the subject to anything else no um i <laughs> I, yeah. I guess this is a mix of like multiple genres um yeah, all of which are like, like, my, like my least favorite genres. Uh, <laughs> the, the home invasion genre, which I don't like. Uh, the possession genre, which I don't like. And um, aliens, which I kind of do like. Um, is it so because this, you've experienced all three? I have experienced all of them simultaneously, just like in this movie. Uh, no, okay. it just, it, it, it definitely creeps me out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there were, there's like a movie, uh, there, there are a couple of different movies along these lines that I, that have stayed with me for a long time. So this one uh, was pushing my buttons. Yeah, gotcha. What about you, Keith? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of, it's a difficult movie to watch, I think, for me. And mainly because I just, I think horror movies are up there with like some of my top like favorite movies, like films to watch when I just can't think of nothing else to watch type of thing. Right. And um, I think that lately we've been in what I would consider to be a horror renaissance where like some of these films are have a little bit more to say than just, you know, slash, slash, kill, 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 you know, mm -hmm. there's more going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but this is not that film, you know what I'm saying? This is more, um, <sighs> Yeah, you know, like slasher, like 1970s slasher film type of vibes, I guess. Okay. But um, without the campiness. Kind of like a poltergeist mixed with, I can't think of what else to immediately like throw it into. It's like poltergeist with like something, like like somebody's in the house and like, um, know they're in the house. Yeah, but this this is not like so so there's this one um home invasion movie I I thought was decent was um The Strangers. Man, that movie it scared yeah. the shit out of me. So with the Strangers though, you know, it it's just it, it kind of plays a lot on this whole idea of like, you know, you being watched and mm -hmm. um not knowing that you're being watched. Mm -hmm. And these people are like real life monsters, where in this movie, I don't know if we're dealing with aliens possession or demons. I don't really know. Because at yes. one point I thought they were aliens because of the lights. But then they started talking about fallen angels and, 
and God. And, and then I was like, well, maybe they demons. And then I didn't know, like, are they, were they trying to turn people to demons or were they just trying to yeah, kill people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of confused by the motives of the monsters. And then I thought about another thing, too, about this film. Like, off back, like, especially with, like, certain scenes, like you mentioned, like, with the, um, with the mother at the table, it, mm-hmm. it gave me, um, it made me think of Evil Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. So just just to add a little context to that, um, again, just thinking about that, the all of it all together is where the mother's talking about her previous cancer diagnosis, and then you know, kind of talking through, you know, the chemo and the things she's been going through, having been given a couple of weeks to live, and then going from that to living with it with, um, well, I think she said seven months, and now being in remission. Um, and then There's this whole to, roller coaster where you go like, oh my God, the mom's going to die. And then you find out she's not going to die and it's a Christmas miracle. And then out comes the hammer. Literally. Actually, literally. That not scene, even figuratively. That, that scene bothered me. Um, not the hammering part. I, w- I was kind of looking forward to it. The part, <laughs> the part that, that bothered me was the how long it took for yeah. that. Meaning, like, it it didn't even really build up suspense to me. It just felt like she was just ha- just talking about something for way too long than she needed to. Okay. Like, kind of like a, one I, of those, like, talking head scenes. I, I felt like an emotional connection with her, listening to that whole ordeal that she's gone through with cancer. And, you know, the fact that her little little son thinks she's going to die and her, her older kids think she's going to die and then find out she's not going to die. And... I, I that actually like resonated with me in a real way, and then I felt like the movie just took this really stupid turn um, in having her just get hammered to death. Like it was like a game the filmmakers were playing with us. Like we're gonna get you emotionally invested in this character, and then we're gonna kill her in like the most brutal horror movie way possible. And it just felt pointless to me. So I want to I want to jump in a little bit with my impressions uh, based on what you guys said there because. It, it, it kind of combines a lot of what, what y'all have stated so far. And Keith, I actually want to push back a little bit on what you said about kind of like a hack slasher kind of thing. Although, not completely. The movie, for me, is it didn't commit to a direction. Like, there's actually a lot of things that I think work pretty well with it. But there's actually like this huge, huge problem in it. One... Um, I don't actually need to know exactly what the uh, supernatural or extraterrestrial thing is, but it is good to kind of have a sense of what's happening because in some ways it's not really clear why it's happening. When we first see that there's something out there that's just not like maybe like some random crazy person, it's when uh, the two people who are turned early, which is Jack and Lucy, they're having their conversation. I feel like that was more of a talking head scene than the other stuff. Uh, Tim Ashley and I were oh, making the joke stupid. earlier about how, yeah, about how they were um, <laughs> trading Christmas gifts. And he's like, here's this plaque for being a teacher. And it's like, haven't y'all been together a while? It's like, probably to give a little more than that. But the worst um, Christmas gift ever to give like your, give your girlfriend like, so I'm like, here's a thing related to your job. Yeah. Like, that's the thing you give a coworker. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it, it could be thoughtful, but it is like, you know, I don't know. 
I mean, he, he's like, you know, he, he's trying to encourage her. I mean, I think she had like finished some exam and stuff too. And, you know, I mean, it's not like it was completely like him making up something, but it could have been more heartfelt in some way, I guess. Right. Can I throw in one other thing? Cause Please. I wrote this down cause it was so ridiculous. He gives her like a plaque or something. We never see it. And it says to the best primary school teacher in the world. Like if you're talking to your girlfriend, can't you just call her the best teacher in the world? Like, do you have to go like to the best middle school teacher well, in this county? In fairness, they're there not in, in the U.S. So that is probably how they put it. I actually don't know. Like, so it might be a British thing. Yeah, definitely. There, there are some interesting right. things about how this, how British Hall works, and I definitely want to jump to those because the idea of a gun being scary is like not really true in America the same way. So there's, you know, there's stuff like that. But. Well, um, let me say this before because this bothered the shit out of me like this this literally made me because like i said i didn't mind the hammer and stuff and I, I know where you're about to go because i was thinking the same thing but how in the fuck do both the son and the husband stand there while she getting her head hammered in so like, there's that amen how does the child sit there no one would sit there after your mom gets hit in the head with a hammer Man, if i if a woman hit my mama across the head with a hammer i'm knocking that bitch out like so, on sight so, <laughs> so, but before we get there, because because we should stay there for like at least a few minutes once we get there. But I just want to kind of get to the to the, the larger point about like what the film is and what it's attempting to do and what kind of horror movie it is. So when we see Jack and Lucy together, and uh, he walks outside, and she mentioned she had seen something, and you know it's kind of like supposed to be this creepy element. He can't figure out what's outside. He hears all these noises. He goes upstairs. And then she has that white light coming out of her mouth. Okay, now here's the thing. We actually don't have real confirmation as to like what transforms people into whatever is going on because we right. didn't see it really happen with her and we don't see it happen with him. I mean, presumably something came inside and did it, but when they're doing it to the family later, they're using that TV as a conduit. I don't really know right. what that means. Like, it, it's just kind of. I'm fine with like whatever rules you set up because it's a, it's a universe all to itself. But like, kind of give me a a you know a guide as a viewer to understand what's happening. So there's that part. Keith, as you said, it's not really clear what's motivating these these um, beings who are taking over people. Um, yeah, I wasn't even clear like how much language they had at first. But then you know, eventually they go from like being unable to handle a knife to like actually handling guns and other things pretty well, which is kind of like okay. Also, uh, also, okay. So, hold, 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 hold I'm sorry. Hold, hold it though. Hold it though. right before we, we please hold it though. Don't forget it. I just I'm gonna get to the the major sticking point here though. The the way I thought it could be a film that actually is part of this renaissance era of horror you're talking about is the character Michael, the father of the family, in that he, and again, this is all like crazy coincidence, and some of the fluff that's in the movie really should have been used to flesh out this particular point, but it's a huge coincidence that Jack will be a neighbor of Michael in the family. It doesn't seem like coincidence that they'd be, you know, um, uh, neighbors like that. And Michael said he never told Jack that he was, that he never told Jack that I'm your father. Now, at the end of the film, he, you know, while Jack is stabbing, he's like, I'm sorry, son, I'm sorry, son. 
but it's not really clear. Like in the, in the story that Lucy tells to the the youngest brother Ben, it almost seems allegorical to something supernatural. But then if, if you're thinking about the fact that Jack is Michael's son, it's like is he talking? What's well, gonna is Lucy talking about that? But then like are the creatures over the supernatural beings like are they taking in like some kind of like that internal hatred about something and then using that against this family like it, it's just kind of not clear what's going on because other people are turned too but it's not like they all go to the house to help them with the family i don't know it's it's kind of all yeah. over the place in some way yeah it's it's all over the place and a lot of stuff so one other thing when these people showed up they were too weird acting from the beginning mm-hmm. i think it would have would have made more ways around it though they were just kind of like acting at least semi-normal to a point like mm-hmm. they weren't acting normal at all yeah like, they were acting like, like like they were on like some serious drugs bro, if y'all came over my house acting like that i'm gonna have to <laughs> politely ask y'all to leave yeah i mean like, you like this, this man came in the house with murderous intent all over his face and these people talking to him like it's on some normal shit. And I'm sitting there like, man, what type of Twilight Zone stuff is this? Well, well and, and the thing is, like, so one of the, the reasons I think that that dinner scene felt so strange, and like you said, I felt like it was just going on and on at parts, was we as an audience know, first off, they start with, with showing um, uh, Lucy with the hammer. So you're like, this is a Chekhov's gun moment. Then hammer going to be used somehow, right? Whether it's in this scene or at some point, it's going to come up. But they just kind of keep talking and then never talking to Jack and Lucy at any point, really. And then, you know, as Cassie's talking about her diagnosis and, and going into remission, she begins this story after Jack walks out the room. And that just felt weird because I was like, well, if she's sharing the good news with everybody, you know, beyond the immediate family who's present, which is great, right? Um, seemed like you want to wait till Jack was there. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what is this movie? That's kind of exactly what it feels like to watch this movie. And we will talk about some good stuff in it too, but it just like the way that we're kind of all over with all the weird things that don't add up. That's just how the movie feels. And like, like you're talking about with the dinner scene where the mom waits until everybody's gathered together to tell them that she's in remission. Like, would you keep that as surprise from your husband? And then, and then it was like, it was like she was talking about it, and then it was like, psych, I'm in remission. What? And then, hey, hey, wait, yeah. wait, wait. But, but hold up. But here's the other part, though. So you got to keep in mind, we're not... Th- th- something that was constantly in my head as I'm watching the film is it's a British film. And the way culturally they talk about it and deal with certain things, specifically like from a family perspective, like you see a lot of jokes people used to tell. And I, I know a lot of people who, who are British too. And they talk about how like, even with families, it's hard to talk about things and it's hard to be open and honest about certain things. So even like, for example, Keith, that moment when they're in the garage, Michael and Jack, just the way men can talk to each other sometimes, like one might be really forthcoming with certain things about how they feel and what stuff means to them. And the other may barely say a thing. And but that's how they communicate. I, I feel that. But there's also vibes, you know what I'm saying? Like this 100%. man was looking, he was looking like I'm about to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, to a point, I thought that the movie was a comedy. And then when I realized yeah. it wasn't a comedy, I was like, uh, this probably would have been better as a comedy. Because then yeah. I can understand why these people do not understand that these people are like here to kill them. 
they looked like they were about to kill y'all way before it even happened. Another thing I didn't understand, and they kept doing it, and I, I don't know if it's because Jake is his son, but it still didn't make sense. But the the whole picture of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. Oh God. They showed that like way too many times. Like the first time they showed, <laughs> like because because when you keep showing me something, it's like like you said, this is you trying to tell me something, and I just kept I was missing out on it. I, first off, I thought it was weird that the picture was over the their bed. The um wasn't mm-hmm. it over the the husband and wife's bed. I can't remember where it oh, is. God. I think it's in a room. It's not like in a it's, hallway. It's, I, I think, think it's in their bedroom. It's like right over their bed. So that was a weird placement for that picture. Aaron, did um, you know what that was? Because when knew you said what it, it was, that's, that's the first time I realized it, that it was I, Abraham and Isaac when you mentioned that. I knew what it was, but I, symbolically for what it was doing in the film, I wasn't 100% sure. Because right, that, that, yeah, as, as a as an allegory, it's not like... See, I mean, the son is sacrificed, but in this case, the son isn't sacrificed. The son, the the father is killed by the son, but right. there's no there's in the Abraham Isaac thing. There's no like revenge plot there in any kind of way from a. Well, also in the Abraham Isaac thing, he he doesn't actually sacrifice yeah. Isaac. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. Another part of it that's weird. Yeah, like, well, and like, well, God, he does something. He's about to do something because God he get, asked he him to set do up it. to do it, and then God stops him. And be like, here, kill this. But but Michael does it. (laughs) Okay, but okay. So Michael sacrifices Jack for the sake of his new family. He casts him off. That's not how. But that's not how Abraham Isaac works. Because Abraham Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, but see, I don't know. I I can't remember the exact detail. I don't know if he. I think he said he met the mom after abandoning the first family. I think. I mean, and um, honestly, to he me, had, Jack- he had he had Jack. We find out late that he had Jack. He wasn't responsible or whatever. Then he met this new woman who reformed him, and he had the family with her. Yeah, right. And so, for me, honestly, from a horror perspective, you know, speaking of what you were talking about at first, keep that's actually super interesting to me. Interesting to me as a a way, if we're talking about like a renaissance of thinking of more the mundane selfish acts of a person becoming this element in their life that becomes not just like a revenge plot but like dangerous to to that entire family that's interesting to me if that's the the place you're taking it but once you introduce the supernatural elements it's like the the movie's now about something different well with us and with funny games which you know us is briefly like a home invasion movie and Funny Games is the one I was trying to think of earlier that's kind of one of the freakiest um, home invasion movies. There's kind of a class element where mm, the, reason yes, yes. They're being, the reason they're being targeted is, is for sort of flying so high while other people have so little. It's like that thing that Catwoman says in Dark Knight Rises. How mm-hmm. do you think it's okay for you to have so much when others you know, are, are out in the cold? That's not how she puts it. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, but, but, but it, it kind of is. It kind of is. But there's like this guilt. There's like this inherent guilt where you're, when the people come in and invade your house, you're kind of like, wait, like, do I deserve this in some way? Mm-hmm. Like, did I do something? Did I like and, and it's, but other it's, people? It's there in this movie. It is there. Is it? Kind of. I, I didn't get it. So, so, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's, <clears throat> the, the issue is they, by introducing, so 
it, it's funny because at one point, because of how the film begins, right, where you're actually underground and it's as the uh, credits are scrolling, it's actually bringing you up to the surface. I thought these were almost like mole people of some kind. So to, in that way, it did remind me of us early. But then by the end and you see all these extra lights in the in the, in the sky, I'm like, wait a minute, are these, are these aliens? I think oh. they I still think they were demons based off it was certain stuff that she said and then also like the I guess the biblical picture. The demons in some ways will make a lot more sense. I just don't know why you need a I don't know why you need a a conduit of any kind that's like television or something. So so from she said something in so many words, I can't remember exactly what it was. But but she did say something about like there there was some sort of language about like angels or demons and angels, something like that. Yeah, angels. Pretty much angels getting kicked out of heaven. So my theory is that all of these little spirits are actually like used to be angels, mm-hmm. became demons because they were kicked out. Ah, of heaven that's what it seemed like. Yeah, there's that, a bunch that, of possibilities. That little, that little tunnel is them leaving from hell you're, and, and coming up. Because remember, remember at one like point the, the, the television. Yeah, and at one point, remember when when. Uh, well, there's a reference to fracking. Yeah, I was about to mention. Yeah, that's fracking for the for the news. Do the 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 exposition drop of the news anchors explaining everything going on in the world, which is a thing I don't ever want to see in a movie again. But I think it's here to stay. (laughs) The news anchors mention fracking, and maybe the fracking is like what disrupts um, and sort of opens the portal. Like maybe that's the thing that Mm -hmm. causes the demons to come out of this hole. Because they do lean pretty heavily on the hole. Like they make you watch the climb out of the hole for the entire opening credits for a really long time. And then she also mentions disguises. Like when we came back to the surface, like somebody king or father, whatever it was, like that we're back in disguise and we're being invited in, and you know, they're none the wiser essentially. Um this and then does she pulled make a, me like the movie more. Yeah. And then she pulled a tooth out and I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, it's like, what's happening? <laughs> but, which, I mean, which, which to me is more like and connected to like, I feel like more like demon possession. Than that's alien. true. That's so, true. Um, the, or, you know, demonic possession. It's just like really under. And, and also, I think my biggest thing is that to an extent, I want to have some type of understanding of the motive of these things. Mm-hmm. Like even in like movies that's like not that, not really all that good, but at least I know to an extent like what they're doing. Like, I don't know if y'all ever seen like Legion, for example. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. That deal a lot with like angels and demons and stuff and the rapture and stuff, but you kind of get an idea of like why all this stuff is happening. You know what I'm saying? Or what's the motive of these, you know, creatures, even if you don't, you know, like with this, we don't know, like we said, we still trying to figure out exactly if they're demons or aliens, but for the most part, we don't know anything about their motive. I don't understand why they kept trying to make them go to bed. That shit was right. funny, actually. Hey, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, honestly, because, <laughs> oh, okay, actually, uh, the <laughs> it took me a moment, honestly, to realize that, um, and again, how this happened, I don't know. And this is why I'm like, is this demons or angels? But, like, when the, all right, actually, th- there's two things about the scene that actually, like, comedic more than anything. When when Jack is under Lauren's bed and he's acting like he's the boyfriend, <laughs> you know, yeah. when she tries to call him on the phone. And um, that was kind of funny. But also I was like, well, wait a minute. I mean, 
why she not called the emergency line and being like, come here immediately. We're being attacked, so on and so forth. It's just like the horror trope of the useless boyfriend. <laughs> well, like, I mean, but here's the thing. He's not useless. She couldn't call him because Jack had intercepted the... the but, but, it, I, but it's like um, it's like Midsommar where she sort of suspects that he's going to be ineffectual and useless. And mm. she's right. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, I will say in general, though, um, I think that that, you know, I wasn't sure if the boyfriend thing really mattered super much you know um that was an interesting little thing there i actually did think the relationship between lauren and her brother eric the older brother so um what did you guys think of that relationship i actually thought that they had the best scene in the whole film um where she was being asked to uh kill eric or risk him being tortured even more than the mother was although that wasn't Uh, that was just like straight up as keith put it earlier a fatality oh that was one of several scenes where i thought the acting was a little bit too good like at the very start of the movie the actress who plays lucy samantha loxley is extremely good like she's doing a good job with some not great lines yeah and similarly in that scene nadia lamon i hope i'm saying that right and lee hunter are really good uh, in this scene where the brother has to kill the si- or the sister has to kill the brother, and with a movie like this, I don't know if you want the audience to be that emotionally invested in the characters, or if you want to take kind of a ruthless, uh, detached approach and just play with horror tropes. Like I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it actually helps that we care so much about these characters, and so it felt like a situation where the calibration may have been off. I'm still thinking about it, so I guess that's a good thing. I guess that's a success on the filmmaker's part. Um, but I also thought during that scene and during the hammer scene about what horror actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, because on the one hand, it's extremely unpleasant to watch and uncomfortable to watch, but it isn't really scary. Like the mom getting hammered to death isn't really scary. And the sister being asked to kill the brother isn't really scary. It's just gross so is, gross is, that, is the word i would like it's revolting it's it's like really unpleasant and it's like is that mm. horror or is that like that feels more like and i'm i hate to use this phrase that was you know uh successfully retired about 15 years ago but torture porn it's an like, interesting like th- this is kind of like this this question of genre like yeah i I think i think it belongs in horror but it's different than the normal sort of here's an evil killer just doing things like because the thing is there's something very specific as a choice to immediately say hey i'm in remission i'm not gonna die and then like have that person get bludgeoned to death and then have a whole scene of like hey you know what i don't want you to be tortured to death and for to to save you from because i can't the the way lauren put it was i can't see what happened to something happened worse to you than what happened to mom so i'm going to take away you know additional pain for you 
like on your behalf. I'm not at, like you're you're saying you you want to be alive. You have a choice. You don't have to do this. And I'm saying I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to feel that. And so I'm going to do that for you. And then th there's something so visceral about when there's nothing in the gun, and then right. you see the look on his face. He's like, you are dead to me. Well, it's right. it's like beating up the audience's emotions, and you're seeing you're seeing a sibling relationship die. But I don't know to what end. It's like, but see, but see, that's so, what I mean. So, would, would keep, well, like, what? Well, Hostel Hostel got so beat up for being torture porn, but Hostel actually had social commentary and was wry and funny about it. If you were able to look past how gross it was, like mm -hmm. it actually was making a point about how we value different lives in different ways. And I think that's actually a really good movie. Like this, what is this movie saying? But that's why, why when Keith was speaking of this um, horror renaissance, that's something, it's, it's doing something differently because it's not just simply about the monster. It's saying, because remember, Jack, who also Neil Ward played Jack really well. I thought he was, he was excellent. Also, he says, and this again, like, what are the motivations of these creatures? And maybe this is, this goes to the fact that they are demons, right? He says, I want to know more about you. Here's what's going on. And then he gives her the setup. You either you kill him or we going to torture him worse than, you know, you can even imagine. And she's like, Oh shit, I don't want that. And so then when, you know, she takes a shot. He's like, ah, that's who you are. But it's like, we don't really know if like, like what exactly is that? What does that mean? And that does speak more to things we've seen biblically in a lot of different stories. Um, you know, there's several examples of that, including Job and some other stuff. Well, but, maybe, that, maybe that's the thing then, right? Go ahead and say more. I mean, you know, because... Was that like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like is, that, is that a test and maybe angels or God are watching? Or right, you... like what, was he, was he, because it's just like with the story with uh, Abraham and Isaac, was that you just going to see what you going to do it, you know? But, see, but that's, that's what I mean. That's an Abraham and Isaac thing between the two of them, but it's a different familiar relationship and it's not between Michael and Jack there. But it, but when but, the same, saying, that's what I'm saying, like, but, but there are it, different there are different things happening, right? Like it's not it's not an exact parallel. Yeah, what I'm saying was it was it like the sister being in the shoes of Abraham? Like instead of us thinking that it's the father son thing, what if it's the brother and sister sacrifice? Was the whole point of showing the. So would the would the point be for Mike? And again, again, let's just skip. For example, the supernatural pieces of this. If Jack did want some sort of retaliation, would the thing be having the siblings kill each other? I don't think. Or having one of them kill, like kill the 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 who we thought he's actually the eldest son, but in the, her mind, he like in in Lauren's mind, not knowing Jack is her brother, she's gonna end up killing the eldest son. Hmm. You see what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's not very fleshed out, but it's there. I, I like the biblical interpretation. I think that makes sense. I, but the thing about, maybe I'm misunderstanding Isaac and Abraham, because I thought the point of the Abraham and Isaac parable is Abraham is asked to kill Isaac to prove his faith in God. It, yeah, God yeah, is, is never actually going to make him do it, but God wants to make sure that he would do it. 
Yeah, because he wants he wants to be able to to um to be able to um uh taste his test his faith essentially. Yeah, he's gonna um, swoop in at the last second, but Abraham doesn't know that. Yeah. Right. And so in this case, it's similar. It, I mean, again, the stakes are so different. She's doing it, Lauren's doing it. The, the, what's screwed up about it actually in both situations the people getting ready to be sacrificed don't want to be sacrificed right um and never do and, and both yeah. people who are being told to kill are told they have a choice by the person who's about to be the sacrifice and they're like but i have to do it now in this case lauren's want to do it she's saying for the sake of her brother but really is it for the sake of herself See, I kind of thought it was merciful to kill him in that situation. I didn't think but, she but, was but he that doesn't, person. So, yeah, but see, that's she's looking at it from the merciful point of view. He doesn't, but he's like, I'll take it. You have, I don't want, he said, I don't want my sister to kill me. Fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying those are the points of view happening in that scene. And that's why I said, like, it's the best scene in the film in a lot of ways. And if you bring into account the biblical parable there then you know again there's a lot of ways that that can work the only issue with this is the rest of the film isn't really operating with that in mind not at all I, it, it kind of reminded me it, it reminded me of two things one is we always go back to the dark knight where the joker won't explain his real origin and i felt like this movie was kind of like i'm gonna let you guys guess at the or at the origin of the monster throughout and you're never really going to fully understand it so we have conversations like this and other people might be having a conversation right now about you know is this an environmental metaphor or something um mm. the other thing the, and this is like the the worst possible interpretation of the movie but have you guys seen adaptation uh yes. i have it. Uh, okay so charlie kaufman has an evil brother named donald kaufman and Charlie Kaufman is like this really careful, conscientious screenwriter. And Donald Kaufman is just churning out these super dumb scripts. And one of them is like the killer and the victim and the cop are all the same person. Okay. And Charlie <laughs> Kaufman is like, well, why? And Donald Kaufman is like, because it's fucked up. It's just so <laughs> fucked up. And there's a, I think of a lot of, a lot of movies I see, I'm just like, did they do that because it means something and it's, it's cool or is it just fucked up? And a lot of stuff in this movie kind of felt fucked up the more we talk about it the more i feel like there might be some but it's a lot of a lot of what i'm sorry what are you gonna say like biblical parallels and things like that yeah so i think i think they just um like, like we say we, uh, with the biblical parallels i wouldn't even have thought about it that much if they didn't keep showing this fucking picture. I mean, I, had, I had noticed it. Yeah, they showed, they it, showed it. Yeah, you can't help but to notice it. It's one thing if they just kind of went past and I was like, oh, that's like a thing. But no, they just kept, kept, kept showing it. So you make me think like this is just a very big important thing to the movie and I just yeah. cannot make the connection. And I, I don't think I'm, I ain't the smartest person in the world, but I feel like there should be something that was given for that. Well, I mean, you, ca you caught it and I didn't. I didn't even realize it was Abraham and Isaac, oh, so. I noticed it. I just was like, I mean, and, and I noticed what they were doing with the sibling thing. The issue for me was just simply that it doesn't work between the father and the son. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, it's a really... I just, I really like the idea of what they did in this larger sense with Michael. It's just, Michael is such a passive character here 
you know. Passive enough to watch his wife get her head beat in by a woman. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about that for a moment. Finally, let, let, let's get to that. Um, that isn't even what was blowing my mind so much. What was blowing my mind was they were acting like these were characters in an anime or like a comic book with supernatural powers or some shit. Because I'm like, okay, we're talking about a hammer and a like a rifle. You got to low real slow. Yeah like nobody i mean it's it's it okay it's three other adults i don't i didn't see no supernatural strength at any point from the demons if it was Bro, check, check this out though the thing that tripped me about it is that that was a that was a long stretch of time before old boy came there with that rifle oh yeah so before a gun a gun even came into play they could at least bum rush the girl with the hammer Overpowered the 115 pound woman. Yeah, you right. use the table. Like it was like this. <laughs> they they the literally just stood there screaming. Here's the thing. After that first hit, which was was she was dead after the first hit. Oh yeah. But once you bash in the skull, I'm like, oh no, nah, dog. First, you gotta die right now. I don't care what's going on. You gotta die. Like you, you might you might like somehow overpower me because I you know it's got some jujitsu something. But I was shocked at the lack of of movement <laughs> like y'all said it's one thing if the way it happened as soon as she gets gets hit uh jack comes in with the gun and is holding him up like yeah. don't don't move and then shoots at something or you know whatever yeah, that's different but I, I would say sorry go ahead no no well it's, it's it felt like that was a moment for like as you as you put it is like that's just a fucked up moment that's a that's the movie moment moment yeah, you know that, that that's a moment they really wanted in the film, and I yeah. thought, man, I will say, man, uh, Samantha uh, Loxley, she went from zero to like a thousand real fucking fast. Like, it was, yeah, it was, I want to see her in more stuff real quick. I was like, yeah. oh shit, um, it's, it it's played well. Um, so that's yeah. not what I'm saying, but like I would expect the family after, especially after the news of the remission. I get everybody's surprise. There's a lot of up and down roller coaster shit for everybody right there. But you gotta like, I'm I'm just shocked no one's doing anything. Cause hell, what oh hell, and and uh what's his name was sitting right next to her? Eric was sitting right next to her. I, I would say the two scariest things I've ever seen in horror movies are in Blair Witch at the end, where the guy is just looking at the wall in shame and he's totally defeated and he's not even gonna try to fight back. He's just like looking at the wall and we don't know why. That's scary as hell. The mm. other one is in Last House on the Left, the original one, a f- horrific movie where this girl just like knows she's going to be killed and she just like walks into a swamp because she knows that she, she's just completely broken and defeated and she's not even going to try to fight back. Those two things, those like complete giving up, those two incidents of completely giving up are really frightening and ups- not frightening but just like really stayed with me they were really effective horror and so they could have been going for that with the family like the family is yeah. so defeated so, so, but i don't yeah. think they earned it because we didn't really set it up that well yeah so so and that's the thing it, it's i i, I there it's not like i didn't buy it at all but there's something missing from the setup of the relationship with the people. I mean, one, the, one of the things that's unfortunate that they didn't do was, as Keith said, they come in with murderous eyes. And 
I can buy some of that. But there's just like, I don't have a sense of the relationship between the neighbors and the family at that point. Because that's all I'm thinking of it, right? As at that moment. So I don't, it, it just, it, the dynamic between the characters isn't present for me. It just feels like strangers beating the shit out of the mom. Yeah, the other way to do a movie like this, I just saw a zombie movie called Yummy, which is a Belgian zombie movie, which is really weird and really funny. Um, mm. And one thing they do is they make you not really like the main characters, the people who are going to be eaten by zombies. That's what they you just do, make right? you, yeah. So you're kind of like neither here nor there, and you can just sort of enjoy the spectacle. And it's like yeah. a really effective movie. But this movie, like, they made me care about the family, so I couldn't just enjoy the spectacle of, you know. <laughs> demons getting their vengeance or whatever yeah i i i go back to like i think it would have operated more like as a comedy in a sense yeah because because to me i think another thing about like some slasher horror is that some of it is just so campy that it's better off as being a horror comedy like i always go back uh, to like um evil dead uh, yeah exactly what i was going i feel like this movie was made by people who are like huge fans of evil dead but the difference is that this is like 2020 and Evil Dead was made like what in the 70s or something. <laughs> well, and, 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 it, and, I, and I don't even know how serious Evil Dead took itself. You know what I mean? Especially as it, the series started to progress. But it, yeah. it worked. It worked for that, for that particular film. Or oh, I watched, um, I don't know how other people feel about this film, but I liked it. Um, Ready or Not. Oh yeah, that movie's great. I watched it. Yeah. So and and I think it's great. It it throws the supernatural stuff in it, but that doesn't happen to the end. And it's like it's kind of threw me the fuck off. Like I did not expect that shit. I was shocked. And but it was also like funny as hell though, you know? Yeah. But like you said, you weren't too engaged in most of the people that, that were getting killed. Uh, for the most part. Oh, you know what I said? You know what? This is a different movie than I thought it was. Never mind. I haven't even seen that yet. I need to watch it. That's a horror movie? Oh. I call it's, it comedy horror. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's and it like, has the social commentary too, because it's like you suspect this is what you sort of think that these really rich families don't care about anybody else. <laughs> and it kind of plays on that mm-hmm. fear. It's, it's a fun movie to watch on like a, a Friday or something, you know? I might watch it tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely. I won't be la- watching Last House, Last House on the Left. Fuck that shit. Will not be watching. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what it's two movies that I think. Okay, so there's 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 probably like four movies I can think of off back to some of my favorites. Like as far as modern horror, mm. it's Insidious. Okay. And, yeah. and to me, for some reason, the scariest scene in there is that boy dancing to that song. When she walks past the window and she sees the little boy dancing to that creepy ass song. <laughs> um, another one is the Babadook, which I think is a very slept on horror. Film. Really? Okay. So I heard people talking about it. And oh, I want to hear the others. Let's let's we'll go back. What are the other two? Um, the other one is Hereditary. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, Hereditary literally fucked me up for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, there's a red terror. Then another one that I think people sleep on is It Follows. And It Follows is cool. And what I the thing the thing about It Follows too is that it goes back to like we don't really know what this thing is, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think how they how they pull it off is like perfectly. 
you know, it's it's something about the mystery of it that makes it creepy. And you don't know you don't know who who is this thing, right? And maybe this movie could have played with something like that. I, you know, I mean, to an extent, I, I still I like what they're doing. The the I just wish they had chosen a direction. And and I mean, sometimes like Tim, as you said, like conversation uh, around like exactly what's happening can be really engaging, but once you start throwing in some other elements about like, you know, oh, well, this person's part of my family and this and that, da, 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 it, it kind of gets into like a weird territory that yeah. I, because the thing is, I, I still at this point don't understand what was like, why do we need to see that there were other people who were possessed? Like, I don't really know what that means. Like for the, for the purposes of this film, that didn't really do a whole lot for me. You know, like, like imagine the if, like, guy? Yeah, like imagine if like when we were looking at one BR, like somehow we we knew before we got to the very end that there were other places that were already being taken over. That'd be like, well, ain't that need that? Yeah. I mean, because basically we we got the we knew th- there would have been a better a bigger shock factor at the end when yeah when we realize right. the brother is is possessed and then they walk outside and clearly other people are possessed too. And you see all these bright lights and their lights in the sky and this and that that would have been like, oh, shit. But instead, like, it's just, like, randomly there. Like, the, the dad sees some people outside, but they don't come in. And then we see, you know, to come help. And then, like, we see that um, the the daughter is out there. Because it was the guy with the beard. Yeah, and it was, it was some other yeah. people, too. But it's like, I, I don't, it didn't even come into play. So it would have been, like a great surprise at the end if like we didn't know that and then it's like opening up this other universe i mean that's still a you know a chance for that um but i thought that was just a missed opportunity we really didn't need that prior to the moment where where you know we saw it it would have been a really awesome thing not to know what was coming you know i i don't want to spoil anything about the other movie i'm going to mention right now but okay. this movie i think owes a big debt to the invitation Oh, the invitation. That movie's good. If they haven't seen the invitation, I apologize, but I feel like they definitely borrowed some stuff from the invitation. Okay. Okay. Oh, the invitation also had a point. Yeah. (laughs) Invitation is great. Right. Right. It's like, um, I forgot about invitation. See, what one thing I will say about this movie that I give to it is that it it it. Every time I watch a horror movie that I don't care that much for, it makes me start thinking about other movies that I watch. And I also think that this is definitely a movie that's made by people who are fans of horror. Yeah. Like, they, they got the tropes there. It's just um, certain things about the plot don't fit or don't make sense. But the, but the, but the thing is, the the... There are set pieces that are really good. The the gore is there and looks great when when we have it. Um, I thought the actors really did. You know, when when it, they were asked to do a moment that was real creepy, I thought that they were pretty good. Uh, I like the music. The music yeah. is good. I thought at moments it was a little overused. I thought there were moments that they had just left it out. It probably would have been like even more suspenseful. Uh, in, in different places, but you know, overall, like I, I feel like the movie's well made. The the main thing for me is just, you know, picking the direction and then just letting us kind of like really grapple with that. I mean, the biblical stuff is a really interesting aspect, I think, 
And if they chose to do more with that in the future, if they made this a, a universe, I think that'd be really cool. But to make that a little more clear so that we understand, like, if there's an interpersonal dynamic between, like, individual people and who they choose to possess, I'd like to understand that. Because that'd be yeah. really interesting. Specifically, if you started doing it where it's not just about how they're impacting individuals, but if they're somehow possessing an impact in society in some way on a larger scale. Well, it's like we talked about universe building with 1BR, like it's a utilitarian cult and you can expand that out really far. You can make a bunch of movies out of that. Um, the Purge, it's one night you can go out and kill whoever you want. You can expand out a universe from that and they have. But this, I don't know what the hook is. Like if I had to explain the hook of this movie, I don't know if I could. And I, I do want to say one thing that I should have said at the top. They did make a movie. That's really hard to do. I totally respect that. It creeped me out. I did go check the, the doors after this movie was over to make sure everything was locked. So, you know, props to them on that. So that's effective. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still talking about it. But I just, I don't know. It's a strange experience for me to not really know what the movie was about after watching the movie. Yeah, that is a very strange experience. It right. is. But that was the, um, one thing time, I would, like you said, a lot of conversation, though. Yeah, one thing I said, scene I liked, it, well, I really didn't like the scene. I liked this one little thing. I kind of got this thing where I, I love in movies where you see something coming from a distance, mm -hmm. but, it, but you're not focusing on that thing. And you know, when the, um, the sister was outside and you see crazy Lucy like running at her like, mm -hmm. oh, that was pretty funny. Distance. Um, the, I like that shot. I like that part. I, I don't I don't like the overall scene because I thought it was stupid. Like how all of a sudden there was a rope outside for her to hang her. Um, <laughs> I, I will say there's there are moments in this movie I lose sense of place. That was one of them because I was like, well, where the hell is she? I thought right, they lived like, in a like regular neighborhood. <laughs> they like in the woods somewhere. And but but it was just funny. Like it was just funny and cool. Like how Lucy was running at her. It reminded me of us, though. They're like little bitty. I said us, um, not get us. Out. Excuse me. Uh, get out. Yeah, that was that get out run. Yeah, she was sprinting. Yeah, that um, that was funny as hell. She looked like oh, but it held the same time. She looked like uh, what's the name off Terminator Two? Um, damn, he's not coming to me right oh, now. I called him Robert Pattinson today, and my wife called me out on it because he's Robert <laughs> Patrick, right? Is it Robert Patrick? I can't remember. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. His he's name. the he's the bad guy in the new Liam Neeson movie, which looks incredible. <laughs> Bro, oh, tell you what, every cool. time every time I run, I, I think about that. I think about that guy, man, on Terminator running after that car. <laughs> like, could you get yeah, away? Yeah, it kind of give me no. Like, I'm trying to run like him. Like, it just gives me that motivation. <laughs> Why are you like doing terrifying Great. shit while you exercising or thinking? You know, it just be the first thing that come to my mind because I was like, man, that man was really getting on down. I either think of that or like Will Smith running on on like what was it, Bad Boy? Robot? I don't know. He ran in a lot of movies now that I think about it. He really has, huh? He do a lot of fucking running. I can't believe he really thought of that. Uh, <laughs> he does a lot of running in his movies. I mean, but like I said, I mean, we we obviously have had a lot to say about this movie. I think, you know, it has a lot of really cool strengths. I really, if they do more with it, with this universe, I'd love to see where it's going because I, conceptually, I think that's really cool. Uh, I just want to understand more, like, what's happening between, like, the possession and, like, like who who these creatures are because i'm not even certain i guess there's nothing that was weird i don't know that that um that jack i think that's the name of the the um 
main character. Well, I want to say the main character, the, the neighbor villain son character. Yeah, that's Jack. Um, yeah, so I'm not certain he knows that that's his daddy, which would make no, this even. Yeah, so I don't, it's just kind of, it's like a huge coinkadink. Yeah, but I think the the demons know. See, that's what I'm saying. I just, I just want to see more of that. Like, what does that mean? What does that do? Like, you know, conceptually, this is really cool in so many ways. I just want to understand more so that, you know, we have a, a better sense as an audience of like, what does the film have to say? I think it has some stuff to say, but because we're not clear on the details of what's happening, it, it blurs the, the, you know, opportunity for us to really, uh, get more from the movie than as you say like a hack and slash film yeah also i want i i, I want to bring up i don't know if y'all know this but there's another movie that came out this year called host i did I see did that see but that. i don't know what that one's i don't know what that one's about it's pretty much about um a demonic po- po- possession or presence that comes um out during a seance a virtual seance or something like that I feel for everybody involved. Is it is it a uh, COVID Zoom seance? I guess so. It was distributed by Shudder. It's a Shudder original film. I'm saying you know that film's coming. You know we got to review that when it comes out, right? That's a good idea, Aaron. We should just delete that. Yeah, let's just just delete this and write that film. Yeah, why not? I mean, like somebody's got to do it. Now I don't know how many um, you know suburban teenage girls I know who can act, uh, who we can get to do this movie. But uh, uh, I'm. I'm surrounded by them every time I go to Dunkin' Donuts. They're out there uh, <laughs> taking up space. So I'm throw out some sure cards, see them. if they're interested. Uh, find uh, whoever Robert Pattinson's uh, agency is. Maybe we can throw some of his, um, you know, the, the young talent that they have there. Get them they'll, they'll definitely work for uh, iced coffees and munchkins based they, on what hey, I've hey. observed of them. T- tell them they have a year supply, and then you know we'll work <laughs> off that. And then we'll determine the year supply is like one a week. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, we're cheap right now. Everybody's broke. Damn COVID. Uh, <laughs> anything else you guys got to say about host before we wrap it up? Uh, I thought the light in the eyes were really cool. Yes, we didn't talk about that. That's a basic idea. I thought it was simple. Thought it was cool. I kind of, you know. Oh man, there's so much, so much you could do with that. I, I, I really, like I said, I'm, I'm encouraged that this film can, this universe can do more. So I don't know, we'll see. It, uh, it just kept. It's like too much of that. The movie, I would say, this just reminded me of other movies, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out is that a good thing or a bad thing. And some of the movies that remind me of don't even match, because, um, like I said, it made me think of Evil Dead, but then also made me think of, um, how was this movie At World's End? With um, who is that? Is it called At World's End? It's the movie with Simon Pegg. Oh, like yeah, that's a real good movie. Oh yeah, I guess they did do something like that in that movie. Yeah, yeah. But you remember like the the little alien d- demon things, like their eyes. And yeah, their, their eyes were white. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was the end. They had like the whole alien um stopping them from. from they had to go a brewery. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I said, I said a brewery, Lord. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and they were going to, like, shoot out a missile. Oh, I, you know what? If you ain't seen the movie, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, anyway. don't, yeah, don't say it. But um, <laughs> it, it just reminded me of all these other movies, and um, I, I give it that. 
Like I said, man, if they, if they do more, I'm curious. Um, you know, if you got you don't have nothing to watch on the weekend, it, it's a you know, it's a fun little watch. It takes an hour and a half, and you you know see, and then you can you know call yourself and let them know you wouldn't shoot them in the face. Right. <laughs> so it's good for that. Um, I yeah. think uh, that's a wrap. Uh, Keith, if you could, as always, kind of uh, do a quick rundown of our social media. Yeah, you guys can follow us on Facebook and also on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. And as always, you can catch us each Thursday. Uh, I think next we'll be uh, joining in on Lovecraft Country, which people are ranting and raving on. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, excited to check it out. Okay, we out of here. See y'all on the next one. Peace. Peace.